Were you able to look back at that, though, and say, uh, even though I was in the shape I was in, man, it was a, that was a damn fine performance. Well, uh, you know, it, it was not really a performance. It was, sure. a, uh, unfortunately, you know, it was a, a real moment. And uh, and I and Francis tried to stop it, as I say. And I said, no, let's let's let it go on. And I never wanted to see that footage. Mm. Uh, he asked me to see it, and I, when it, you know, after it came back uh, for viewing while we were still filming it a few days later, and I said, no, I'm I, I'm I don't really want to see that. Welcome to the National Defense. The National Defense is dedicated to the men and women who serve our country in active duty, our veterans, and their families. We're here for you. God bless you. We love you. On each episode, we look for people and stories with some connection to these heroes. I'm Randy Miller. Ramon Antonio Gerard Estevez, better known as actor Martin Sheen. He first became known for his roles in the films The Subject Was Roses and Badlands and later achieved wide recognition for his leading role in Apocalypse Now as U.S. President Bartlett in the television series The West Wing and as Robert Hansen in the Netflix television series Grace and Frankie. We are honored to have the legendary Martin Sheen join us right here on the National Defense. And this is uh, so special. You know, when it comes to uh, big-time legendary figures, it doesn't get much better than Martin Sheen joins us here in the National Defense. Martin, how are you? Well, I'm very well. Thank you so much. How's your family? How's everybody doing? Uh, You know, thank God we're all uh, hunkered down, uh, uh, staying in touch, uh, but not physically. Uh, which is kind of out of the question these days. But we're doing very, very well, thank God. Of course, I mentioned to you that uh, we've had Charlie, your son Charlie, on the show a couple of times. Fantastic. And the guy just seems like a guy you want to be around. Charlie, yes, very much so. Yeah, I I, I quite agree, yeah. We've been uh, working together uh, on these ads for single care and having a great deal of fun doing that. Uh, Oh, they're great. uh, Oh, they're fantastic. I mean, just, you, you look like you had a ball doing those. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. I, there's even more fun when we're working on them, you know, the, right. uh, the banter back and forth. Uh, we, uh, somebody, <laughs> somebody stopped him the other day in his, uh, in his parking lot and said that uh, they should start calling it uh, Sheen Care. <laughs> well, now I talked to him when he was going to do some kind of a a, a CBD product, and uh, I don't know if that ever took off. But he was he was going to do some kind of a a CBD product, and he was he was pretty excited about that. Oh no, he didn't mention that to me. I guess he didn't want me involved. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have worked <laughs> together before, though, right? Several times. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, uh, going back to uh, Wall Street. Wall Street, yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, Cadence. Cadence, which right. Which is the, the only film that I directed where he played a young uh, 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 army private during the uh, the Vietnam uh, War era. And, uh, in fact, uh, the whole thing was, uh, was uh, the whole story took place in a, uh, a an army uh, prison. Oh, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's... Uh, it didn't get a lot of play at the time. I think it opened the day, uh, the first Gulf War. Oh, wow. Wow, <laughs> so good timing. Was going, <laughs> yeah, right. nobody was going to the movies then. But uh, <laughs> it's really it's really an extraordinary uh, film. It's based on a novel called uh, Count a Lonely Cadence. Hmm. 
and uh, we uh, we bought the rights and wrote a screenplay and just called it uh, Cadence. And uh, Lawrence Fishburne is in it. Uh, I, I directed it, but I also uh, played in it. And uh, and my son Ramon was also uh, featured in it. So yeah, it uh, it it. Uh, it uh, it came out very well. I'm very proud of it. And, you know, I just want to thank you for all of the uh, attention that you focused on the military and veterans your entire life. And uh, not only uh, that movie, but certainly uh, 1979 Apocalypse Now. And uh, oh, okay. if you if you don't mind, can we go back to that movie for just a second? Sure. Sure. So mm-hmm. What a uh, I just rewatched the opening scene of that. Oh, uh-huh. my. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I mean, yeah. talk about that a little. I, I know a little bit about the background of that. Uh, yeah. That was your thirty-sixth birthday, is that right? Yeah, yeah, in the Philippines. Yeah, yeah, you're in the Philippines, uh, and and you're yeah. you're you're, you're kind of out of your head. You're drunk. You're uh, you, yeah. th- That's the portrayal, right? Well, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, um, it didn't call for that, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I was celebrating uh, my 36th birthday. I, 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 I've talked about this before, so uh, uh, for those of you who are not not, uh, not aware of it, uh, you know, I'm 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 an, an alcoholic, and I have been in the program for oh gosh, well over 25 years now. Wow. Wow. But uh, at that time, yeah, I was going through some serious. Uh, personal problems. And, uh, like all alcoholics, uh, I thought that, uh, the, the more booze I took, uh, why the further away I would get from my problems. And sure. the truth is that they, uh, they bring you closer. And so that behavior was a reflection of my own personal spiritual despair. That's the best way I can describe it. And it was not scripted. And, uh, Francis tried to stop it, you know, but I said, no, let it go on because, um, uh, I had wrestled these demons, uh, in, in private and here it was public. And I thought, well, maybe that'll make a difference. <laughs> and so I went about it. Uh, I was, I was trained by a wonderful man who became one of my closest friends, uh, Sergeant, uh, Joe Lowry, who was, a, a combat veteran of Vietnam an army, uh, uh, Sergeant who had, uh, suffered, uh, some very serious wounds, uh, mm. And he trained me for it, and uh, uh, and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, part of the training was hand to hand and a, mm. a a combative kind of uh, jujitsu, I guess you'd call it. And so they would practice in front of a mirror because there was nothing quicker than your own reflection. And I got too close, and I hit it with my hand uh, and cut it uh, somewhat severely at oh, the wow. time, and 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 bled a bit. Uh, but that, yeah, it was all, uh, it started out with a, you know, a very, uh, uh, drunken, a drunken episode and, uh, and ended with, with, a, with an accident. Uh, but w- so w- were you able to look back at that, uh, though, and say, uh, even though I was in the shape I was in, man, it was a, that was a damn fine performance. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, it, it was not really a performance. It was sure. a, uh, unfortunately, and you know, it was a, a real moment. And uh, and I and Francis tried to stop it, as I say. And I said, no, let's let's let it go on. And I never wanted to see uh, that footage. Mm. Uh, he asked me to see it, and I, when it, you know, after 
it, it came back uh, for viewing while we were still filming a few days later. And I said, no, I'm, I, I'm, I don't really want to see that. And I hoped that it would not be in the film. And in fact, it was not in the original premiere of Apocalypse Now oh, really? uh, in France. No, it, it was not in the version that opened at the Cannes Film Festival in the summer of 1979. Uh, and then when the film opened here uh, in the United States, uh, Francis put it back in. Uh, and I had, I was never comfortable with it because it's so, uh, you know, it, it's it just is so, uh, yes, it, it's, uh, exposition and a deeply personal and troubling moment. And, uh, Francis said, no, he said he decided to put it in because he wanted the audience to feel somewhat what it might be like to be an assassin hmm. and to have hmm. to consider taking life up close and personal. And was was, uh, was that some of the the, the thought process uh, when you were being uh, coached uh, by your your combat veteran? Some of the the things that he was able to relate to you uh, in, in terms of how how he felt. Well, he was regular army. He was not in the special forces or a, a sure. ranger, uh, you know, an army ranger. So, but he did uh, say that yeah, there were a number of uh, uh, people in. Um, in intelligence in the army uh, that were engaged in what they call black ops. And I think everyone knew that. Yeah, and uh, yeah. they, they were called upon to do some pretty uh, horrific stuff that they could never uh, talk about and that the army would never confirm. We're talking to uh, Martin Sheen here in the national defense. And so when apocalypse now came out, what, w- what was the initial reaction because I, 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 uh, you know, if you look at some of the early reviews, they were not particularly uh, good. Uh, that that that. Um, what kind of, of comments did you get? That, what kind of comments did you get? Well, the best and most um, comforting were from veterans themselves. In yeah, fact, yeah. The film was really uh, made a success when veterans saw it and began to respond to it to each other and then in the press uh, and then in some of the VA groups saying, yeah, this is what it was like. Um, and uh, I had two brothers in Vietnam, one a combat Marine uh, veteran, my brother, John Estevez, you know, Estevez is my real name. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And uh, John was in, uh, was a Marine uh, corpsman uh, from 66, 67. And he saw it and he said it was very difficult to watch, but he said, yeah, that was as close as any film he'd ever seen about Vietnam really was. So it was the veterans that gave us credibility, and that's when the film took off. Wow. Well, and, and, and yeah. the other uh, folks that we've talked to that have been in, in uh, military films or, or any kind of combat films, that's the thing. And, and I've talked to Tom Hanks about this. Uh, the, the key is to get it right. Like all the tiny details, all the, the intricacies that only the, the military would appreciate, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's no way that any of us who've never been in actual combat can appreciate what um, combat veterans have experienced. They just know it, it's not possible. Yeah. But with their, um, with their uh, expertise on uh, 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 military films, there are films about 
of the military. Uh, they can get us as close as their their personal experience, and that's about as close as we're going to get. And in a in the case of apocalypse, we had uh, a, a, a very um, a very good number of veterans, both in all the branches, uh, and we had uh, combat pilots in some of those choppers uh, who organized the, uh, uh, you know, the any time a chopper went up, we had uh, Dick White was a, a Vietnam veteran uh, pilot, uh, a chopper pilot, a combat chopper pilot who was our main advisor on anything to do with the choppers. And so uh, we we just tried to uh, be as true as we possibly could to what they were telling us, well, how you, it was. You did it. Yeah, I mean, you you absolutely did it, and it turned out to be a you know performance of a lifetime. Let's go back to your name for a second. So it's Ramon Antonio yeah. Gerard Estevez. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And <laughs> yeah. and so this is this is so. Uh, and incidentally, I've never changed it. No, you're right. That's that, that's on I, your I driver's license. On my, on my driver's license, passport, marriage license, any official. Uh, uh, paper or document. Yeah, it's Ramon. I started using Sheen uh, early in my career, and I just thought I'd try it out because there was a great deal of prejudice uh, sure. in uh, uh, New York when I was uh, starting out in 1959. And uh, the, the, uh, <laughs> so many dear people in the Puerto Rican community were taking the blame for uh, a lot of the problems. Uh, <laughs> In New York City at the time, so uh, I thought, oh man, I got enough problems trying to get a job as an actor. Right. Maybe I could just sneak around this a little bit. So I just started using Sheen, and then I got a job under that name, and I got a, a check with that name on it. I couldn't <laughs> cash it because I couldn't prove it was me. So I, I so I wrote to the uh, Social Security Department and and told them. Uh, what the problem was, and I sent them my card, which was Ramon Estevez, and they sent me back a card with Martin Sheen with the same number, so I can work under either name. So That's if this acting good. gig doesn't work out, yeah. I can go back. <laughs> Go back to my day job, you know, under that's, uh, that's right. yeah. Well, it's interesting. So your father was from Spain. Your mother was from Ireland. Yeah. And, of course, yeah. you, you would be born in Dayton, Ohio. I was the, I was the first <laughs> Yank. Yeah. Yeah. My, I had two, I had uh, two born uh, in South America. One survived. I had uh, brothers I'm talking about. Uh, and one born in Ireland and the rest were born in Bermuda. And I was wow. the first one born here. Yeah. Wow. And my father uh, worked in South America uh, for the National Cash Register Company. He started in Dayton in the factory, uh, but he spoke uh, three languages at that time. He spoke across Spanish and Portuguese and Italian. Uh, so um, that they sent him in the Foreign Service for with the NCR. My mother spoke Gaelic as well as English. Oh, wow. And uh, she was sent here. Uh, uh, after the uh, the Irish Rising, because her family, particularly one brother, was very involved in the IRA with the Rising. And then when the Civil War broke out in Ireland uh, in 1921, they sent her to a cousin in Dayton, Ohio, because they weren't sure which side uh, <laughs> in the Civil War would win. Oh, wow. Uh, and and we, we ended up <laughs> on the losing side. They supported Mick Collins, and uh, of course that side lost. 
and uh, De Valera won, and so she stayed in the States for a while. And then she decided to become a citizen, and she met my dad in the citizenship school in Dayton, Ohio, and she taught him how to speak English. So that was his fourth language, yeah. Wow, that's that's incredible. And and uh, I know that you lived for a time in Ireland. I've been to Ireland uh, a couple of times. And yeah, I'm an Irish citizen as well. Oh, is that right? Yeah, now, you do you, can. Do you if your parents are from Ireland, or one parent, or your grandparent, you can make the connection. Yeah, you can get a passport. Yeah, I went to school in Ireland for a brief time. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you speak Gaelic? No, God, I wish I did. No. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's, when you run into somebody that speaks Gaelic in Ireland, man, you know it, don't you? Because <laughs> all of a sudden you say, I don't, I don't uh, yeah. understand anything you're saying. Yeah, and there, yeah, as you know, you go in some places like in Galway County or Connemara, uh, they, they, all the signs, the street signs and all are in Gaelic. So, yeah. Uh, uh, not Gal- many foreigners living there. <laughs> Galway is fantastic. I mean, you know, it's just the people in Ireland are just so incredible. Uh, I remember we we did a family vacation over there, and I've got two daughters, and my my oldest daughter sings, and we go into a pub for the first time, and uh, it, it, you know they don't have karaoke in in Ireland. What they have is live no. singers, and so yeah. they said, "Who wants to get up and sing?" And and so uh, my daughter, I think she was twelve at the time, got up and sang an Irish lullaby, and oh, oh my gosh, grown men were just openly crying and it was such oh, a sweet. such yeah. a fantastic experience oh yeah yeah i've often i've gone in uh pubs uh, so often in ireland and they'll, they'll yell out give us a song yeah <laughs> right <laughs> oh it's fantastic yeah. i mean well hey listen when martin sheen comes to ireland that's got to be a celebration oh well no i don't know uh, <laughs> You know, uh, when I was, I thank God I'm not drinking anymore, and I'm and and I, and I celebrate the AA. But uh, you know, um, uh, when when I was drinking in Ireland, there was a, somebody once said that I could, uh, I could uh, have. Uh, knocked out the uh, Mother Superior in the middle of O'Connell Street, and they would have blamed her for provoking me. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that's incredible. Well, now, I mean, congratulations on your sobriety, but you got a son that owns a vineyard. Uh, Not anymore. Oh, no? Uh, He he did, yeah, he and his partner. uh, Emilio. uh, But they, uh, yeah, Emilio, yeah. Uh, Yeah, they... uh, they're not together, and uh, unfortunately, you know, it didn't work out. But uh, uh, she's still running it, though, uh, up in uh, in, uh, in Santa Barbara County. Mm-hmm. And now you you live in Malibu, right? Do uh, yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. And how do you like uh, how do you like that? How do you like it out there? Well, I you know we <laughs> we <laughs> we moved here in 1970 when we when we came out to. Uh, uh, you know, Southern California from New York and Malibu at that time kind of ended at the, um, you know, what we now call downtown, uh, sure. which was the area around, uh, the, uh, colony, the Malibu colony, a beach colony. There were very few, uh, people living beyond the colony because it was so far away at that time. And it was also very cheap. So that's what drove us here. Was this was the cheapest place we could find? Oh wow! Uh, in in 1970, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I haven't. Heard, I've never heard started, Malibu yeah. described as the cheapest place you could find. Oh yeah, yeah. At that <laughs> time, mind you, uh, when we came in 1970, we rented a five-acre 
farm for $400 a month. And then we eventually bought the house that we're still in, in 1973. Uh, and it was the only house available because someone was getting divorced and a house came up on the market, wow. which is very rare. There were a lot of retired people here. There were retired, across the street was a retired police officer and his wife who was a retired teacher. There was a family of six children next door to us. There was no... Uh, 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 walls or uh, fences between us. One morning, uh, shortly after we moved in, I see a, a guy riding his horse through our yard. And I <laughs> what's going? It was just right. There were no uh, street lamps. Uh, it was, uh, you know, it was a rural community. Very few people lived here. Wow. And then in 1974, Pepperdine University opened, not sure. too far. Right. Huge campus. And suddenly, um, the, uh, it became a, a landmark, and people started coming here from you know all over the world, uh, and uh, and the property values started to skyrocket. Right, and people really couldn't afford to stay here, and it and it and that went on all the way up to uh, the um, there was kind of a. Um, a tax revolt, a property tax revolt called property uh, uh, Prop 13, and it's it's still uh, still in effect. So mm. uh, it protects a lot of retired people from uh, high taxes because the the uh, the properties have become so uh, expensive. Oh, I, and I, I, consequently, the taxes go up and up and up. Yeah. Each time a house changes hands, the taxes increase. And so, but yeah, unfortunately, there is not a, oh, there's a coyote in the backyard. Oh, hey. Is it really? Hey, yeah, no, I'm saying, hey, don't go out. Who? Hang on. Whoa. Go on out of here. Hey, uh, Janet. Hey, Jan. Yeah, we got a little dog. Hang on. Oh, sure. There's, yeah, there's two coyotes in the, in the thing. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah. I'm going to keep you with me here for a minute. Hey, Janet, where's the dog? There are two coyotes in the yard. Oh, he's inside? Oh, did you see the coyotes? I just barely saw them. Yeah, there are two of them. They're pretty big. They're adult. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, they were right up to that rock, right by, by the tree. I saw something run, yeah. and then I saw something run upstairs. Oh, okay. Across the top, and then... Yeah, we saw them. Oh, darn. I mean, the last time we saw them, they were up on the thing, yeah. But he's inside. Are you seeing they're still up there? Oh yeah, they're still up on there. Oh my God, yeah, huge. yeah, they're yeah, they're they're adults. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, they're looking for something to eat. Oh, I guess they are. <laughs> oh okay, sorry, but yeah, okay. <laughs> hey, Martin, this is this is the most fantastic thing that's ever happened on this show. That, that is wonderful, wonderful. And my wife is on the other phone, and she saw them too. So yeah, we got we got to keep an eye on them because they can be treacherous, particularly at sure. night. You know? Sure. What, what kind of what kind of dogs uh, do you have? Uh, just a little old runt. Uh, he's, he's like 15 years old. He can't see very well, so he couldn't see him coming. Right, you know? right. Yeah, uh, there are a lot of uh, a lot of coyotes around here, you know. And since we had that enormous fire just yes. two years ago, uh, you know, a lot of them were burned out of their Oh, their sure, sure. There's very little to eat here, so they go after uh, pets. Well, you know, I, I understand exactly what you're talking about. We live on a horse ranch uh, outside of Kansas City, Missouri. And oh, okay. uh, a lot of people don't know that possums, possums uh, in their, in their, uh, when they poop, uh, that is very toxic to horses. So we trap the possums 
and, uh, and, yeah. and release them. And my wife now has become, I, I'm, I'm a little bit afraid of her, to be honest with you, because she's trapped so <laughs> many, so many possums and, and keeps, oh, it, keeps a God. running tally, which is odd. But uh-huh. uh, <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! What do you do with them when you when you catch them? We we take them uh, uh, about three miles away and release them. I see. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so and hope that they don't find their way back. And you know, we uh, we recognize yeah. all of them. But uh, wow! Yeah. And yeah. how are the horses doing? The horses are doing great. Uh, you know, uh-huh. I've I've told a lot of people during this pandemic, our lifestyle really hasn't changed much. You know, we do our stuff from home and, and we've got the, the horses to yeah. ride and it's fantastic. But, uh, uh-huh. we, did you okay. ever, uh, wait a minute. I'm looking, I'm staring right at a, uh, at a coyote. He's still in the path. I've got a, yeah, I'm going to take you with me. Hang on. Yeah. Cause he's, he's just waiting for something. Oh, wow. Hang on. I'm going to take you with me. Hang on. Yeah. Hey, Jan, you can see uh, one of them is still there. Yeah. Yeah, he's right up on top. If you move down, he's on. He's right behind the uh, rocks up there. No, yeah, can you he see never, him? He never came back. Yeah, if you move this side, you can see him here. Are they big? Uh, yeah, they're big. Yeah, you can see him right here, Jen. That's his head. You can see him right here. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. How do you get rid of coyotes? Uh. Well, usually, you know, you shoo them off. And yeah. they're, if they're in a pack, right. they can be oh, very yeah. dangerous. Oh, of course. Uh, this is two, so you don't know how many they're attached to. Right, exactly. But, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm still doing the interview. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. But, but, it, uh, but they usually come out at night. They do, but they're so desperate now. Oh, yeah, know? right. And um, there's so many of them. What, why don't you? So what, what you're getting th- more and more brazen. You can, know? can you throw them some ham or something? <laughs> no, you don't. You don't want to. Oh, uh, yeah, right. You don't want to encourage him to exactly, come around. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, pretty. Uh... <laughs> hey, can I talk yeah. to you about uh, the Departed? Ah, sure. Yeah. Um, man, Captain Oliver Queenan. What what a role! What what a performance! Uh, just sensational. How was the? How was, oh, the, how, so was, how, was the how was that experience? Well, uh, thanks to Marty Scorsese, it was one of the best experiences I ever had doing a movie. Hmm. I, I just love him. Uh, he's he's uh, extraordinary, and I never worked with anyone that loved actors as much. Really? I just yeah. I I understand why uh, actors adore him because he he uh, is so so. Um, uh, uh, special with actors. He, he, he lets you, he, he creates a, uh, you know, an environment and he, he has such confidence and he, and so he inspires that in you. So if you're, uh, if you're, you know, if you're uh, doing something that, uh, works, he encourages it. If not, he encourages you to have the courage to change, wow. you know, Wow. Uh, to go somewhere else. And so uh, he's he's remarkable. He's a dear, dear, sweet man. If I had my druthers to work with uh, uh, anyone uh, in the near future, uh, he would be he would be one uh, well, uh, very much. So let's yeah. talk about that, though, Martin. I mean, you're you're going to have your is it your 81st birthday this year? 
Oh, it's a long way off. You yeah, know, right. But, but, but I mean, so you're talking <laughs> about future, <laughs> future projects already. I mean, that's incredible. And, and, and I would imagine well, it's, it's because yeah. you still enjoy it. You still have a passion for it. I do. Yeah. I, I, I'm very lucky to have made my living, uh, uh, doing the thing that I love the most. And, um, and so, you know, and thank God for that. And, uh, please, uh, God, I'll be able to keep it up as long as I'm, I'm up straight, you know, <laughs> it was so great to see you as, uh, uncle Ben in, uh, the Spider-Man. <laughs> All right. Spider-Man. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was such a, thank you. such a cool, uh, I mean, have you, and I'm sure you have, but you, have you ever had a clunker? Oh my God. Have you looked at my, uh, <laughs> my, my record? <laughs> <laughs> I was maybe I was kind of hoping for a uh, a pardon for all my bad movies. <laughs> well, I, I understand they're giving them out pretty uh, readily right now. So pretty readily, yeah, yeah. yeah. You could uh, you could do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was going to ask you too about uh, uh, we are we're always been a, a very non political show, but um, yeah. what, was there ever <laughs> what we saw last week? Was there ever that kind of a fantastical storyline for President Bartlett in the West Wing? I mean, could you even conjure up such, <laughs> such a notion? Not on that level. There was an episode where we, uh, where we, um, where we performed the Twenty Fifth Amendment, but that was because one of the children was kidnapped, and so Bartlett felt that he was uh, uh, the national security was in in peril. Uh, if he didn't step down, so oh, yeah, yeah, uh, right, right. A, I remember yeah, that he did, he did not have a uh, a vice president at the time. So the Speaker of the House uh, and John Goodman played uh, the Republican Speaker of the House uh, in that episode, and he oh, became wow. president while uh, the hunt went on to find the uh, kidnapped uh, uh, first family uh, that, member. That, that had the West Wing had to be. Uh, a favorite of yours, huh? I mean, what? Very, very much so. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, you, you've always been uh, obviously with the movies. There's an ensemble. Are are you more comfortable with a, a regular ensemble like that doing a TV show? Well, you know, uh, it's always the the job uh, with me, whether it's a movie or a television. I, if it, if it if it's something that that strikes me personally or uh uh you know spiritually or however i'm moved to uh respond to or not respond you know right right uh so many unfortunately over you know i've been at this for almost 60 years so um so many jobs that i did um you know when i didn't have a choice of another job at the time so unfortunately i made a lot of uh clunky uh shows and films over the years as well as plays in new york you know i was there for 10 years sure. doing theater and whatnot but um i i uh i i always felt that i was lucky enough at least to work as an actor even in uh a even if it was a poor choice of film or play or TV show, then it was to have to, you know, go to work doing something that I did not love. <laughs> and, and so, uh, so I, as I said, I just felt really lucky to be able to do the thing I love the most to make a living. And unfortunately I, I made a, a lot of silly mistakes, but 
and I'm not rationalizing, except that most of it was for uh, a necessity. I had four children. I was still struggling uh, to make ends meet, and that was the best way to do it, you know. You know, it's, uh, it, it so. seems, speaking of your kids, it seems like Charlie is on a very good path right now. Uh, unless, yes, he unless, is. unless he just has everybody fooled, but uh, <laughs> well, me included. <laughs> <laughs> but he just he just no, seems. Thank God. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's really turned the corner, and uh, he, and he's physically in great shape, as you could see on the. Uh, oh yeah. The uh, the single care ad, you know, um, and we were committed to uh, a, a, another series of ads uh, uh, if if we get through this uh, coronavirus uh, crises now. Uh, we're scheduled to do a few more. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, I had asked him, uh, I said, Charlie, I, what was your memory of your, your tour here in Kansas City when you did your, your Charlie Sheen tour? And he said, um, uh, was I in Kansas City? And I said, yeah. <laughs> yes, you were. That says it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That says it all. Yeah. yeah. But, but, you know, I would imagine that he leaned on you a lot in terms of kind of getting back to the spot that he needed to be. Well, um, Sure. And, and as he, he has, uh, you know, he had the support here, but also he had, uh, you know, four children, five children. Right, uh, right. and, um, although, you know, things were not always hunky dory with the spouses and the mothers, nonetheless, there was a, a whole, uh, family, uh, of support with his in-laws and his children and, uh, his outlaws right. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> us as well, you know, um, so yeah, everybody. Uh, the, I think the the most important thing that he remembers is that none of us uh, just gave up on him. Right. On the contrary, right. you know. Sure. And so he he's he's responding to that now. He realized that he was he was above all else he was loved and uh, cared for, and, and he knew even in the darkest times he knew there was a place of safety and healing uh, wherever uh, any one of his uh, brothers or his sister or his folks or uncles or aunts or children uh, were, he knew that he was safe. Boy, that's, uh, you know, and, and so many people don't have that. So that's, that's so important. Yeah. And and you guys actually were in a movie, the way, the way was uh, we made that in uh, 2010. Oh, okay. Uh, Charlie was one of the uh, producers. He he helped finance it. Oh, I got you. Uh, Emilio uh, wrote it and uh, directed it, and he played uh, my son. Yeah. In that. That's one of the best things I've ever done. That's a real family project. That was, uh, 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 you know, conceived by Emilio, and he he directed it, and he brought the whole thing together. And his son, Taylor, who uh, um, lived in Spain for about 10 years, he, he married a... Uh, uh, a young lady there. They just had their first child last year. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah. And so the two of them were really responsible for it. That's one of the best things. One of the, uh, things I'm most proud of the way it was, we, we did it for, you know, uh, on a shoestring, but it, it, it just is, it's, it's the story of a father and son on pilgrimage in, in Spain to the, the, famous pilgrimage uh, to Santiago de Compostela and the Camino, the, the way is the uh, Camino de mm. San, uh, Santiago de Compostela. It's an ancient uh, pilgrimage. It's been going on since uh, the 10th century. Oh, and, wow. uh, 
Yeah, and my father was born in Galicia, which is very close uh, to where the pilgrimage ends in in Galicia. Wow! And, uh, so, so this was kind of a tribute yeah. to your father and and to their it grandfather. Was, the film is, ded- is dedicated to Francisco oh. Estevez. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And, and you got is this right? You have something coming out called Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, I have one scene. Uh, I just saw the. And you played J. Edgar Hoover. I played J. Edgar Hoover. Yeah, <laughs> and it is uh, it, the film is uncompromising. It is the story of Fred Hampton. Uh, and the um, um, Black Power movement in Chicago in the nineteen late nineteen sixties. Oh, wow. It's a true story, and uh, yeah, it's a, a pretty riveting, uh, uncompromising, powerful, powerful story. And uh, as you're watching it, uh, it's, you just you're constantly reminded that this actually happened here yeah. in our country uh, at that time. Uh, so yeah. It's hard to watch. Uh, it's it's honest and power. There are three or four of the lead players are just phenomenal. The lead guy, oh, the the two leads were uh, they made their uh, their debut in uh, Get Out, which I have oh. not seen. I didn't oh, realize that, that they were so well known and really good. and so celebrated. Uh, but they are sensational. And I'm ashamed that I don't know the names of all the players. Mind you, I had only one scene, uh, but I was just compelled to watch it. I don't know when it's coming. It was supposed to be in the theaters uh, this month, uh, but um, you know, there, there really isn't any any theaters right. uh, open these right. days. So I, it's going on one of the pay-per-views. I'm not sure which one, but it starts, I think, uh, this week toward the end of this week. Oh, I wow. Think. We need to yeah. be. We need to be yeah. looking out for the Black Messiah. Yeah, yeah. Judas and the Black Messiah. Judas, and yeah. the, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, um, I, uh, what so a, yeah, that's very powerful. Yeah. There's also another film I did before that in Texas. Um, uh, it's, it's a wonderful film about a an orphanage uh, who created a football team. And went on to <laughs> to great success. I mean, it is just, it is just one of those delightful. I guess you'd almost say Disney esque type movies. And it's called uh, um, Thirteen The Mighty Orphans. It's called The Mighty were, Orphans. Had, the Mighty Orphans. Yeah, they fielded a team of I think they had twelve players, and they went on to it's a true story. It's based on a true story, and they went on to tremendous success in high school football in Texas in, during the uh, Depression and uh, all the way up through the mid-50s and early 60s, this oh, wow. this, uh, this orphanage. Yeah, it, it, it's an amazing story and great fun to do. Yeah. I, that, that, that's one I'm not sure when it's coming out. Uh, uh, well, who knows? Since the coronavirus. Right, yeah, who knows? What have you been watching during the uh, pandemic? What, what have you been uh, into? A lot of news. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Lots sure. of documentaries. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, we're getting, you know, we're. I think we're, we, we've probably seen every movie on uh, Netflix. Um, Have you rewatched any uh, of your movies? Uh, yes. I saw Badlands not too oh, long ago. what a great movie. And The Way. And oh, wow. they both hold up. 
tremendously. Yeah, Badlands, of course, was uh, Terrence Malick's first movie. Yes, and um, I, I'm tremendously proud of that one. That's one of the best I've ever been in, and one of the great directors, American directors. Yeah. So uh, th- and, that's uh, that's my um, that's my three go tos now: the Badlands, Cadence, and the Way. Those are the ones I want. Yeah, okay. Check out immediately, and I would okay. encourage everybody to do that. Yeah. But, uh, the, and incidentally, the way is a very, very um, family-friendly film. It, I mean, you know, there's no overt uh, sexuality or language or any of that. It's a real family. Uh, okay, well, I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take that off my list then. Film. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I said that. Oh, jeez. Oh, okay, well. Martin. I, listen, I cannot thank you enough for your time. You've been so generous. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. You, you, we fought through a coyote problem together. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I feel like we bonded in in such a way. And but we just appreciate your time. Thank you so much for thank uh, you for everything that you've done. And um, and let me say, can I do a shout out? To yes. Two very very special veterans in our life besides Joe Lowry, Sergeant Joe Lowry, who lives in San Diego now, but, uh, um, uh, Lieutenant, uh, Michael Quigley retired, uh, from the U S Navy just last year. Uh, and, uh, Sergeant, uh, Richard, uh, Lamont, air force, uh, Sergeant just retired from, um, uh, flying for the, um, the first family. Yeah. Oh wow. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, all of really all, all of my best to to you and your family. Thank you so much and Thank uh you. and stay safe. You too. And all t- the all the best. God t- bless. Tell Charlie we said hi. I will for sure. All right. Hey, the National Defense is now on Instagram. Follow us at Instagram.com forward slash the national defense. You know, you don't have to be a five-star general to be involved with the National Defense. You can subscribe and leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You've been listening to the National Defense. The National Defense is written and hosted by me, Randy Miller, and executive produced by Nate Heron. Be sure to visit us online at thenationaldefense.com.